What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Had a pretty big uh, couple basketball days, at least for the podcast. Made the face reveal. Y'all have seen us, of course, in certain videos, but uh, we also met for the first time. Now, Shantice and I obviously have known each other since college, but we had not met Jason, just like we hadn't met Tyler, but we met Jason in person over the weekend for the first time, and he didn't run off. He wasn't he wasn't scared straight, you know, so that's at least that's a good thing. Jason, what was your first impression? You know, you guys look like your pictures, so I, I didn't feel like I was catfish. Um, you know what I'm saying? I thought I thought both of y'all were like six feet, but I, I think we've got some hecklers out there that think, you know, because we five, six and under, we got we got to address that that, that that elephant in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm gonna try to some of this one. Yeah, um, I don't know how tall everybody thought we were. Um. I guess I can I can appreciate the illusion that we gave off because I mean if I came off as six foot to you then I mean that's that's great you know what I'm saying I mean that means my voice carries weight, um, but you know bullying will not be tolerated on this podcast I, I will not I will not stand for it even if I have to use a step stool to see you look at you face to face I won't tolerate that at all. <laughs> now, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this Blake who put the comment up you said if so then can I join so you redeemed yourself at least there at the end if you want to hop on we can address we can address these 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 uh qualifications in in public you know over, over screen we can do that because I don't think I gave up tall energy at all I don't sound tall I, like I don't think anything about me looks tall so I don't well and not only that I just wanted to be clear that like the angle of the photo like we like if I'm not five six. Like like bro, I'm five. Like, if I get some good sleep, I'm five nine. Like if I sleep good one day, I'm five nine. Most days we're gonna be five eight and a few and three quarters. Like let's not let's get that cleared up for one. I'm not five six. No, as well. we go off of the, the we go off of the metrics they put us in high school. You know they bump you up three four inches in high school on the roster sheet. I was five eleven in high school. We're sticking with that. Exactly. No doubt, no doubt. I'm, I'm about a good five seven on a good day with my Air Maxes and on a, on a barefoot day, I'm like fixed five six and like seven eight. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. That's why Air Maxes are the move. That's why that's what you got to go with. You know, we could be, we would be perfect sizes for running backs. That's the per. That's what you want. You got those small running backs. We'd be perfect. And if, you know, they're paying them nothing, and they seem like they're you know not a high commodity. So we could get a pretty easy running back gig pretty quickly. Oh, that was the discourse, of course, throughout the NFL these last few days on Twitter. Yeah, it's been tough with them boys, man. You know, I saw Derrick Henry speak on it, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, who, I mean, all of which are guys that are very much the essence of their offenses. And it's, 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 you, you hate to see those guys go unpaid, but that's just the nature of the position right now. Yeah, I think right now what you're going to see is the market sort of gearing much more towards the receivers and the quarterbacks of course the quarterbacks have always been the you know the darlings of the league but i do think that they you know they do raise a, a, a very good question around what are you going to pay running backs going forward i mean besides an offensive lineman these guys are in a car wreck every play you know they're putting up big numbers saquon hasn't had a good year in quite some time but you talk about the dalvin cooks of the world austin Eckles has been had been a decent and consistent running back year in and year out barring injury so i think we do need to reassess how we're looking at them and i think the league is going to end up finding these guys are going to band together and they're going to force their hand for you to have to pay them at some point in time well see the unfortunate part is that they already screwed themselves signing their player agreement the way they did it everyone you know the stat of the kickers versus the running back that average and when you have it based off of an average amount per position of course kickers which they're only 64 of are going to look like 
they're getting paid a lot more per average because there's less of them. There's about a fourth of the amount of kickers as there are running backs in the league. And the gap of run, the amount of running backs goes from Christian McCaffrey all the way down to, you know, Spencer Brown. Like that's not a, a, a natural metric to do so. And I get the quarterback thing. And, you know, there's always, every time this comes around, every time they're like, all right, you don't need a running back to win the Super Bowl. Look at the last 12 Super Bowl winners. But tell me the quarterbacks that were on those teams because you can have a you can have a no name running back and win a super bowl but you can't have a but only if you have a superstar quarterback on that team right and i think that's the that's the caveat everybody leaves out because the list i saw on several times on that list Peyton, oh, wait, wait, who, 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 it would have been Tom Brady on that list and Patrick Mahomes and then you got an Aaron Rodgers and a Drew Brees that are on that list as well i'm like so you're talking about the guys that have been perennially in the top five of quarterbacks for the last decade, you know, over the last decade or so. So we're not, you know, you, so you can't really run out there with the guys that we had at quarterback for the past few years and say, Oh, we can win without a running back with these guys. Like, no, you probably need a balance. You you probably definitely need a balanced group. Like I look at San Francisco, for example, like if McCaffrey isn't on that roster and McCaffrey doesn't play the role that he plays, do you think you can roll into the NFC championship game with Brock Purdy and feel like you have a chance? No, you know what I'm no, saying? Not at all. Not at all. So be very clear. Running backs do deserve to get paid, and you have to, especially guys like a McCaffrey, a, a Kamara, and even a Barkley. Even though he has, even though health has been an issue for him, those guys generate so much offense for you. You, your offense looks a lot different when he's not on the field. No question. Then Devil's Advocate, right? So if you look at it over the past, let's call it five years, right? Once those running backs have signed those big deals. What is the product productivity been on the back end of that, right? Ezekiel Elliott, for for example, right? Signs a big contract. What did he do after that? He was not the Ezekiel Elliott before. So I think ownership has kind of come around and been like, you know what? I'm gonna be a little bit hesitant signing these signing these running backs for these big deals earlier on for long for long periods of time. But see, I think to that point, and I'll get back to the Super Bowl argument in a second, but to your point right there, Jason, I think that it was a good tweet that I it was a tweet that I saw that intrigued me is that the running back A is the only position that has not been changed on how you're able to hit them. You can hit a, a running back other than the head, which e- here's everybody. You can hit a running back at any point, at any time, unless they're – even if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, even as a receiver, I don't think they count as a defenseless receiver in certain routes. They're the only ones that you can hit no matter what, any way, shape, or form. That has not changed since this you know game has gone on, You know, and they have done these certain things. So that provides one thing. But then also – Compared to quarterbacks and wide receivers, compared to the rest of the skill positions, the reality of it is that running backs are the only position where their most productive years physically, more often than not, are free on a rookie contract. And then they play out that five, seven years, however. Then, they, like you said, you get past rookie contract. It's not because they've stopped trying. It's because, honestly, they're starting to you know, trickle out of their prime. And that's why they're not getting paid appropriately, I think, because then you do start to see a decline for about, you know, 20 to 30 percent of the running backs after that rookie contract. Some cases, you know, then you get there's some cases where there's issues like, you know, Le'Veon Bell that killed the running back market forever because he sat out there playing Xbox for a whole season and then came back and got that deal that he you know broke the bank on and that did nothing. But I think if you wanted to do it differently, you could make a rookie contract for running backs shorter. Give it a, you know, dependent well, upon dependent upon their their impact on the team, I guess, which does, yeah, it, that gets a little dicey. But if it's a starting running back, you know, a Saquon, a Zeke, uh, you know, uh, a Christian McCaffrey, put him on a two year rookie contract. But the lifeline, right? But they, but I think it also goes back to what we talked about 
a couple of maybe a couple of episodes ago we started talking about the lifeline right of a running back it has become a lot shorter right it's not like it used to be back in there i mean tony dorsett walter payton those guys were anomalies in their time to play as long as they did the league was a different league at that time as well right now to be frank with you a running back's lifeline is a good four years after four years what are you really getting think of, i mean Derrick Henry is probably at the apex of where he's going to be, and Adrian Peterson was a phenom. So, you know, those are two different kinds of beasts, but for on an average, a good four to five-year window is what you're going to get. And outside of that, I don't think you're going to get ma massive productivity. And it's a multi-back system now. No longer is it just a, sing a single-back system like it was back in the day. So now I got to pay two of y'all. I mean, look at what we did with Jonathan Stewart and 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 uh, D'Angelo. We got we got hamstrung by that. But we've been paying we've been paying four wide receivers. You know, obviously they're not making equal money all four of them. But you're paying at least two wide receivers if you want to get around there. You don't want to get get them. It's a passing money. league though, Jack. It's a passing league now though. But I can make. I mean, I can make the case. Some of the receivers that that get a bag like that aren't worth the money they're getting at all. No you know what I'm saying? So like, absolutely. But I think at, at a point, if these running backs are having so so high usage rates in terms of what they mean to the offense and how much they generate, like for Austin Eckler, for example, a guy like him not getting paid is crazy. It's it's crazy because you understand that that offense doesn't look the same if he's not on the field. Like he had the same he had the same type of usage rate as Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey got his deal in there. And like you said, and like you said, Jay, like some of the deals that running backs have gotten hamstrung them because the guys that got the deals didn't produce it immediately after. McCaffrey, McCaffrey the, the situation with McCaffrey was that as soon as he got the deal, he had all of these soft tissue injuries that kept him out for pretty much two years until this past current year, where he finally started to look like himself again. And he'll probably look like himself. Through that, throughout the remainder of of his deal, and honestly, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like at the end of this deal, and whether and what the next contract for him will look like. Yeah, I would I would agree to that, and wonder how it looks. But I think also another thing you need to look at in terms of running backs, we always talk about that list for for Super Bowls about the running backs around the winning teams. But like I said, look at the the losing teams in these Super Bowls, and look at the running backs that they have. They're not big names. And then their quarterbacks are not big names. The prime example, the 49ers, you know, they got to that point because of their offense. Jimmy G couldn't get it done. They don't have an X factor to push it ahead. Then I think of like different times where running backs honestly have been the sole contributors of bad teams. And I think that deserves more look. I mean, without thinking like without Mike Davis that year, think about how different that Panthers team looks or talk about, you know, when Le'Veon Bell first went down for the Steelers, who came in and almost got over a th almost got a thousand yards? It was D'Angelo Williams on the tail end of his career, putting up numbers to keep them in the playoff race. I think running backs are viewed as these band aids because of the fact that they can be paid little numbers. And even looking at like different guys, I mean, think about the Bills. What is the one thing missing from their offense right now? A running number one, a running a, back, a number, and a number one, a, a number and, one running back, right? They exactly, got Singletary. And, and, and but so when's, and when was the last time the Bills and Josh Allen have been to a Super Bowl? I mean, listen, I get it. I think get about it. think about the Tennessee Titans. Think about the Titans before A.J. Brown in that year. The only thing keeping them afloat was Derrick Henry. And even yeah. in that year where they had A.J. Brown, 
Who beat the Ravens? Who had three touchdowns and 90 plus yards? Who got who was throwing to Derrick Henry was throwing touchdown passes? But my argument, my argument to all of this is the one thing that you cannot forget is you gotta have a running back that's gonna get you numbers 20 yards in red zone action. And if you are a significant uh cog in that wheel to make that happen, you deserve the money that you're gonna that that they're asking for, right? And I don't think they're asking. I don't think Saquon's asking for astronomical numbers. I think it's the length of what he. I mean, did. they said it was only off by a million. It was like that's a million or two. It, but, that they but, were off but, by. Right, and I'm my, saying, like that's chump change, Jack. That's but chump my, change. but but my argument is, and because it's not though for that kind of guy, right? They, I think, as far as running a backs million go, dollars. A it's million not chump. Dollars. It's not chump change. If you think they, they they so quickly justified the money they gave to Daniel Jones. You mean to tell me Daniel Jones deserves that money over Squan Barkley for this Giants team? Oh no, I'm not saying that at that'd all. That'd be like no, that'd be no, like no, 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 let, let me let me let me say, that'd be like paying Ryan Tannehill a max contract before you give it to Derrick Henry. Yeah. And they actually did that. Come to think of it, they fra- franchise tagged Derrick Henry and gave Tannehill that extension. But I, unfortunately, I do understand the position of the front office is that you know had they had they flip positions and. Let's say franchise Daniel Jones, which would have cost him thirty-two million this year to do that, and try to, to try to get a Saquon deal done. Chances are, Daniel Jones has another good season. Then he's probably walking out the door for free, and you probably you can't really afford that. And, you, and we know how teams get about quarterbacks; they are desperate to find anything that looks like a franchise quarterback. So, Kirk Cousins, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, that you know, now having the coach that they feel like can develop a quarterback, they feel like they finally got the first good season or good sign of production out of Daniel Jones. They were going to do anything they could to keep him. They should have had a. There is enough money there for them to be able to get this deal done. They just can't come to an agreement. And I don't. If it's only a million, if it, if you're only off by a million, then that's got to get done. I mean, I, I mean, on both ends, like there's so many ways. You know, you can, you can, you can, you, know, you can fudge the money. I mean, we see the Saints do it every year. You know, you can. I mean, hell, there's a way for you to to fix the money around to give him that million. And I gotta imagine, like, well, like, well, he's probably he probably was wanting like around like maybe like twelve million dollars, ten like, in between ten to twelve million dollars per year, probably what he was wanting. Which, if I'm being honest, that's about what he's worked to that offense on a yearly basis. So let me ask you a bigger question. This is a, here's a bigger question: What if Saquon doesn't play? What do you look like as a team? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess we about to find out. <laughs> Honest to God. Hey. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So, remember, so, so, remember. So, 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 Jack, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, from a from an overall business standpoint, I get what you're saying. And that's what I was getting to. A million dollars is chump change when you're talking about playoffs. A million dollars is chump change when you're talking about winning the division. That's chump change because you're going to get that back not only in revenue, but in ticket sales. You're going to get that back in primetime TV rights. Like, oh, it goes on and on and on and on, right? I see you're, saying. you're saying it's chump change for the Giants. Just give him right. a million. Yeah, I, right. I agree. Because, like, every, when Daniel Jones, when it came out, when we found out what he was asking for, everyone laughed. They We were dying. We are like, there's no way you think you're worth that much. And then he got that much. We were like, what is going on? And I guarantee you, if it was OBJ doing this instead of, of, of Saquon, everybody like, give, give that man his money. He needs that money. He deserves that. Whereas Saquon gave the Giants more hope than OBJ actually ever did. Like OBJ was in and it was cool. He was flashy. He had those plays. But then when they got Saquon, you couldn't, they would not shut up about it. 
Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you know what's crazy though? So since Saquon didn't get a deal, Josh Jacobs didn't get a deal, and Tony Pollard is gonna go sign, they're gonna go play on a, on a franchise tag. The Carolina Panthers are paying the highest total for a singular running back in Miles Sanders with four at four years, twenty five million, which I think has. I mean, if I look at this deal, this is it feels like a steal to me. As far as I mean, average salary six, you know, six point three million dollars a year. Um, signing bonus at five point nine uh, at five point nine million. The money itself doesn't doesn't feel overly. It doesn't it doesn't feel crazy. Even this season, he's only getting in base salary. He's only get, he's only getting one million in base salary, and uh, a lot of his and even his even at signing, he's only getting one point four. So that's a, if that's the type of deal that you have to get done for. I mean, if that's the highest paid running back deal, bro, that's that's bad. That's bad for the for, for the entire running back market. That's crazy. This is the highest deal that that was given out this offseason. And you know what? All of this honestly really makes me relook at the whole Deonta Foreman situation and the Panthers front office situation. Fitterer, he saw the writing on the wall. He must have, with all these running backs, top three running backs in the NFL, having major deals coming up in free agency, knowing that the market was about to get either incredibly saturated or there was going to be a huge, basically, strike for running backs at the moment. And he, instead of – because we, the Panthers almost basically – showed the prime example of how messed up the market is just like you're talking about we could have gotten foreman for a pair of socks he wanted to play on the team he didn't ask for anything he was a workhorse back who gave us a lot of production and it would have been fine just to keep him but you knew foreman was only going to be good more than likely for about a year or two because of just the the way he's presenting himself and with the changing of the guard we also benefited from the fact that sanders wasn't getting played enough and he wasn't getting paid enough so he wanted to go somewhere where he was going to get noticed and get paid. And we, did, like you said, gave up barely a lot for him. Then next year with all these top deals, you're going to see big money going. I mean, he saw the money that McCaffrey went for when we didn't want, you know, when he got that re-signed. So we were like, or when he's going to get that re-signed, we saw the running on the wall. It makes me really look at why he did that the way he did it. He goes, all right, you want to get <clears throat> a running back for your franchise quarterback? Let's do it now. Get a guy who's got potential versatility and is going to it is not you know on his last legs yet. It's actually yeah. kind of crazy. I think the difference with Dante Foreman when we're looking at it from that, I think it was it, it was really Deuce Staley, right? It was that whole yeah. new it was that whole new coaching staff coming in. Deuce in his mind knew probably talking to him and Miles probably still had that rapport. Miles Sanders had his best years under Deuce. Deuce and him had a connection. Dante Foreman, like we talked about Shantice when we first got him, and I told you he was an unsung hero. He was he, he was a gun for hire for one season, and when you switched it over to that new coaching staff, and their and their scheme and how they're looking at what how they wanted to build this offense, especially when Federer was like, you know what, we're gonna trade up to one, because you got to think that conversation was had as soon as we got Frank Reich in the building. Right, we're gonna trade up from one. We're gonna get you your quarterback. So with that said, you wanted to bring somebody in that the coaching staff would be comfortable with. They had no rapport with Dante Foreman. Now. Right. Am I kind of upset at the fact that we let him go? Because Sanders and Foreman in the backfield? I like that, that a lot. Good, good God almighty. Like, that would have been money in the bank all day long. Yes, pun sir. Pun intended. But, <laughs> but no, seriously, I think that that was much more of that political dynamic that we talk about a lot, right, behind the scenes. Like, look, we're going to trade up. We're going to get you your quarterback. Oh, you're bringing Deuce in on your coaching staff. Deuce. You've worked with X, Y, and Z. What are you hearing? And 
you know, that conversation probably was had long before and in the background, which is why we didn't sign Dante Foreman, because essentially we kind of signed Miles Sanders, if I'm not mistaken, to almost the same numbers. He, again, the deal he got, I mean, we we, we signed the biggest deal for any running back this offseason. This, that's the biggest that's been given out. So I'm like, I'm I, for that, and it's such a team-friendly deal, especially based off the player that you're getting, that like, you know, it, to me, it's sad that's that's the best deal that's been given out because you know Jacobs deserves Josh Jacobs deserves more money than what than what we Cook gave Miles Sanders. Alvin Cook deserves. Oh, easily. Money. I, I, again, for guys that to me would totally tilt the scale of how your offense operates on a on a on a play in play out basis, ten million is to me easily should should be the number that 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 that's, that that you should start with. I mean, but those are special cases for guys like that, you know. But you know, I even looked at the tight end market. Like even the tight even that position gets gets underpaid. I was looking at like Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's only getting like 11 million a year. But you know Kelsey did that on purpose, right? He Kelsey did. Yeah. Kelsey did that as a friendly deal so that they could free up money and that's when they signed what's your boy on the defense? The, uh the defensive lineman. Well, Who Chris is? Jones? Yes. Yeah, Chris Jones. He, he, he freed up. He yeah. freed up money. He freed up money to give them ammunition to go out and get people and sign people like that. Absolutely, but the, see deals like that though. While I understand it from a from from a team perspective, deals like that set, set it sets you back as a position. But yeah. Darren Waller is the one guy that got seventeen mm -hmm. mil. I see what but you we know, but, but we know Darren Waller is. I mean, and not good for Darren Waller, but like even George Kittle can't go get that money because George Kittle's hurt at half the season. The only other guy that could have reset that market properly would have been Kelsey, and you're not. And now you gotta wait until maybe when Kyle Pitts is up, he, maybe he's the well, one Kyle that resets Pitts the market. The he's gonna break the bank for the Falcons. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to be the one. I mean, he. I, that's the. That's the really their only hope. We almost be watching a different Kyle Pitts than I'm watching. No, I, no, no. I I'm just. Oh, saying based off. Falcons, based off market. Just yeah, based off market. Based off market and based off the team. Same way Daniel Jones got 40. Like the same way Daniel Jones got 40 is only because you're next up. There's only that, that, that's like the only reason. I think it'll go to who else do the Falcons have that on, on the receiving and tight end court that's gonna do anything? Who else do the Raiders have? And they still the Raiders. <laughs> is it right, but, I'm saying, but I'm saying if we're talking in terms of like who else are the Raiders paying right now? I think if there's gonna be a tight end that resets it, because think about it also. We talk about tight end position. That was a position that was dead to rights. It was on the, you know, it was coming. The, the the guard was changing. They were hoping for something to happen. Vernon Davis, Antonio Gates, you know, they were all come, They were all getting older. They were getting older. There was no one really making any splashes. Your biggest names were, you know, Jeremy Shockey, and you had some other, you know, huh? well, that's what I'm saying. Until Olsen, Gronkowski, you know, Jimmy Graham, once they started getting like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, you know, they wouldn't exist. If it weren't for Greg, the way that Greg guys like Greg Olson and Jimmy Graham and Gronkowski played, they were the ones that brought the position back into the fold. And yeah. so I think with running backs, it's just crazy because the NFL markets running backs so much. They market good running backs more than almost any other position in yeah. this game, maybe outside of quarterback. Yeah. You know, that's the one they, they market a lot more. And so it's just funny to see them market this position so highly. And then it translates the NFL to nothing, PA, you know. NFLPA screwed them too, because if they sign, well, they did, yes, yeah. If they sign this deal to put them in this total predicament, the way they got to play, truth to dare to get money, you know what I mean? It, it's just, it's just wrong. It's just bad business all the way around. Speaking of Mike Davis, though, so we all saw, and we got to pump the brakes. We all saw the picture on his store today, him with the Panthers <laughs> helmet. He did that on purpose. What? Like you, you really needed to practice, be training with the helmet on, and it just happened to be a Panthers helmet. Like, what are you, you doing? Know. Don't do that no. to us.
But he didn't hit, bro. Look at man. He knows that you know. I never wanted to let him go. I want him back because I like I. I'm thinking, bro. The idea of having Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey in the same backfield at a point, it made perfect sense. That was what we because one is what we've been asking for the entire time. Split the carries, get, feed Mike Davis some. We should we be fine. We have our smash and dash again. This, probably a may, possibly a better rendition of it this time around. Than we had the first time could could have been based off of how high the ceiling was for, for McCaffrey and what Davis could do him you know him and Stewart is similar eh could have had something but I mean look bro who where is he, where did he even play last year I, I forget I forget where he played last here's year the, here's the thing though here's the thing though if he does and we are able to do it I think it, I listen Jack I'm gonna tell you right now and I said it before it's a two that league and we're gonna need we're gonna need all hands on deck this year you know you know the more flack that we keep catching about mr young in the back and I, i'm just looking forward to the first three games to see what this man brings to the table because i'm i was chilling with some uh ohio state uh fans yesterday and uh you know they were they were definitely streaming out hate the reason we didn't bring cj to carolina and so I'm really looking forward to sticking it to them. And I'm hoping Mr. Young is listening to this podcast. Uh, Mr. Bryce Young, please know we need you to show up and show out, please. As long as, as, as long as you don't, I, I, first off, as long as you don't play anything in the preseason, the rumor is expecting that Matt Corral is going to see all the snaps, which is what we had said, because there's no reason to see Andy Dalton. And I really don't want to put Bryce Young in that position before he's going to go through this gone. Like literally a drive. Just to get his feet yeah. wet, and even that, I'm like, do you really need it? We don't need to see any of Andy Dalton at all because, why? Like, what? Why? Like, why? Why would we need to see Andy Dalton? So, Matt Corral, hopefully, it'll be his time to shine. But for Bryce Young, if you are listening, as long as if you play in the preseason, as long as you do better than your Bama counterpart for the Hornets in your off season, you will be fine because that shit was embarrassing and just not the way to start. He turned. It around, I guess, for the last one. But dear God, just please don't play like that. What I'll say about the, the multi-running back system, though, is I think we're all, again, really, really quick to forget Chuba. I am, yes, I've been a Chuba uh, sympathizer. I'm a, which oh, good, I'm, 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 I'm a fan. He, I mean, he he's going to be the guy that's going to be running in between the tackles for us. Make no mistake about it. If he was doing it with McCaffrey being injured, Miles Sanders is going to be going out in the flat, going outside the tackles and doing some different stuff. If it's not, I, I think it's going to be Chuba. He's been able to do well and break some runs off. I think that I, it's like the I said, girth, though. It's the girth I'm talking about. It's that he's just that he's that a little thick. boy. Well, from that, I'm I'm looking. You know, I don't think it'll be Spencer Brown. He's always been that practice squad, like training camp guy. You know, we we had him for the last few years and hasn't really done anything. I am still really interested in Cameron Peoples. He's the he's the people yeah. champ for a lack of better words. Run is literally in his name. It's spelled exactly like that. And he put on a show in Appalachian State. And if he can make some splashes in the preseason, I think he could really be a steal in terms of that other running back. And he's he's going to be one of the guys that benefits the most from the cuts not happening till the very end of the preseason because he's mm-hmm. going to be able to get more touches. Because I think in, in a lot of situations, he may be one of the first guys gone, maybe in like that second round of cuts. Um, him being able to have a full preseason to be able to, be able to showcase his, his abilities – Will be huge. Uh, Chuba, yeah, I, I'm a fan of Chuba. I mean, I think this year, compared to his rookie year, his contact balance looked a lot better. Because I mean, God, Lord knows his rookie year, sh- 
Damn, that boy's tripping on air his rookie season. I cannot. It was, it was, it was, it was hard to watch. But this year, this past year, even in the weeks that he was out, like there, there was a few, there was a few weeks there where it was where it was forming and, and there had to be black year. You started to see that. I thought there was an element missing when Chuba wasn't on the field because he he does have that explosive ability, does have that track like speed. You know, once you get him out of open space, he's a home run hitter for sure. Um, just just hoping he can continuously improve off off of that. Now, Blackshear to me is the guy that's this possibly looking like the odd man out unless he can find his way on as a kit returner because mm-hmm. there's not a real. <sighs> I can see him being. I can, I just. I can see him just getting phased out if a guy like Cameron Peoples starts to elevate. Like, like, because, because that's a that's a bona fide role for Cameron Peoples being a bruiser, short yardage back. That while while Blasher is a it is a problem. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, speedy, small, quick. Um, I, I, I there's definitely a role for him, but I can see him possibly getting phased out of that running back rotation. He just reminds me of Fozzie and Cap, where like you couldn't really put a pinpoint on like what he brought to the table, other than just like like you said, being like a versatile kind of guy that you know could bounce around. That's where I just don't see him kind of making any waves. And I was just thinking about it. It's funny we talked about the one-two punch. It seems like with Burns, with Derek, with McCaffrey, with all those picks that around that time frame, we were the biggest things. Like, all right, we've got him. Let's get someone to pair him with. And we've been never able to pair that person with their other side of the ball like somebody else to do well with but when we talk about it though and he mentioned it and i think especially with how you know how crowded our wide receiver room is i wouldn't mind putting a roster spot or putting some sort of flex position for Lavisca. they've already talked about using him a little bit like debo i mean i we've saw i think if i'm not mistaken we had a play where we ran him out of the backfield last year mm-hmm. and i we think did. that I was going to say, I, I remember that happening. And I think that, that could provide something interesting. I don't know, you know, with the roster spots, how it goes and how you would actually, you know, where you would designate him. But I think that it would allow for you to have mo- multiple wide receivers and then use some of your guys in your fifth and sixth. Because the way we're going, we can have guys in that fifth and sixth spot at wide receiver still have an impact. That's, you know, guys like Shai Smith, who were four last year, now looking like they're sitting in that five and six spot. So I think that LaVisca could provide that kind of role, and I don't think they're itching to sign a running back right now. They're not itching to sign anybody, it looks like, and I don't think they're itching to sign a running back. Uh, yeah, absolutely that. not. Oh, go ahead, J- go ahead, Jason. No, 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 no. I was going to say, though, I think I think our room is is set for now. I think we've got a good, a good cast. I mean, if you look at us across the board, we look fairly balanced. I don't see too many gaps. I mean, of course – our, our gripe as always is, is is beefing up the line and that rotation and making sure we've got you know we've got ample people behind it but i'm i'm actually as quiet as kept i don't need calvin cowherd to speak our name anymore on national tv i want to i want to stay low i want we're going to be on hard knocks as a guest so yeah. you know i, I really want to i really want to keep us really low if we can and i want to kind of fly underneath the radar because i think we're going to shock a lot of people especially the nfc south I mean, I, I mean, and I I don't like it the more I hear you talking about it. Like I like I know Cowherd, he, he and Cowherd I don't ever normally like to drop because I'm I never know how I feel about him, but he, you know, he talked about his playoff picks for this year. We were that seventh wild card yeah. spot. He had us picked. Yeah. He was, you know, he's like it's a dark horse and it's always, you know, sexy to pick a team with a rookie quarterback, but you're right, the surprise could be there. You mentioned the hard knocks though. We got from Spartanburg you know, as of recording, uh, or when we'll put this episode out, it'll be a week from the first day of training camp for the Panthers. And I want to get y'all's kind of thoughts about what you're looking to see 
come next week and come these next few weeks? What are some of the things you're, you're looking at? Um, I guess my biggest thing is to see what receiver, what uh, I, I, does Jonathan Mingo look like how we think? Like, like is, is how long will it take for him to be a viable NFL receiver? Can he immediately have an impact as soon as he steps a step on the field? Um, and again, how, how will these guys handle the grind of a, of an NFL training camp? Jonathan Mingo being, being the guy that I think that our draft class hinges, hinges on, like we, we got, yeah, yeah, we got our quarterback, but in the years that we've gotten our quarterbacks, the rest of the draft class has kind of fallen by the wayside. Can he immediately have an impact and be a guy that is paired with with, with uh, Bryce John from year one to till throughout? And can he have an impact? That's why that's, that's usually the, that's definitely the guy I'm looking out for this offseason. Yeah, I'm not really looking at a, a, a guy per, per se. I'm really interested in what that three four is going to look like. I want to see how we're going to utilize it. What kind of looks we're going to put out there? Who's moving around? You know, who's playing down? Who's playing up? You know, what does JC look like? You know, coming off coming off those, you know, those injuries, you know, back half of the year. How is he looking? Really, honestly and truthfully, what's Shaq looking like? You know, I I, I touted him being long in the tooth. I think he's gonna come out and surprise me. That's my 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 fingers crossed and me speaking into existence. Um, but really looking at that defense and seeing what we look like. Yeah, I, I follow along in that same kind of path. Um, because for me, yeah, I mean it's the cornerbacks. We haven't seen our one and two guy all off season and that's horrifying to me. I mean, they were the big, I mean, that's the, they were the biggest issue last year on our defense. Like the four, three switch is going to be different. And I think that Avero has got a good plan in place. I think there's a reason why they haven't again made any additions to that. I don't think it's the right decision, but I think there's a reason why, I mean, we've seen Burns been running the outside linebacker drills and the coverage route, you know, drills. And that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, if it translates, if it translates nice, but for me, you know, it doesn't matter what scheme you put in there. If our cornerbacks, our starting guys aren't healthy, like Dante is concerned. Dante is interesting because he wasn't injury prone, at least to this, to, like he had his injuries, you know, his first year, but not to this extent. So he just, they wanted to give him as long as possible, but like JC, he was ready to go. All right, let's get him in. And then a different injury that's non-contact outside of practice. And I'm like, all right, are you kidding me? Like, it's this is like third, fourth times a charm now. So like he said, you know, that they were confident in him. And then even other guys, like I know Von Bell was walking around a little bit, you know, even CJ were like, all right, is he going to be good to go? So that's my biggest thing is that like, are they not even, are they like, how do they look once they're, but are they just going, are they going to be on the field? Like we need to see you yeah. on the field. Yeah. Um, it's interesting what you say about Mingo though, Shantice, because if you think about it, especially in the past few years, that, that extra wide out, that wide out from the jump that is either a rookie or a vet right off the bat has been a huge presence and impact for these quarterbacks coming out. You think of like Josh Allen having nobody and looking dead to rights. And it wasn't until Diggs came in to, you know, revitalize his, you know, his early career before he looked like a superstar. But Burrow off the bat had Jamar Chase and was looking like putting up MVP numbers. You know, Jalen Hurts was looking like, you know, even with Devonta Smith, it took a little bit to get the connection up, but now they've yeah. got the the best one-two wide receiver group in the league right now with AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. So that's a Kyler Murray has nothing to, to to show for anything. He had nobody to come up with, and Hopkins was you know trying to save him, and that that didn't work yeah. out. So that's a big thing when it comes to rookie quarterbacks is making sure like it's honestly yeah more on Mingo than it is on Bryce Young to be productive. Yeah, absolutely. And then you still got to try to hope that, you know, guys like Terrace Marshall, you know, he's a guy that has battled those soft tissue injuries throughout the early parts of his career. 
God, I hope that he stays healthy throughout the entire training camp and can make it through. Like now it's time. We, we just need we need our guys to grow up. The guys that came from that 21 class, that 21 class is they all of them are kind of they all kind of getting the side out right now. Like, okay, like who's gonna like, who's gonna step up? Who's gonna be the guy? Who's gonna start to make their stay in this league? Because at, after this season, if we don't see anything. Somebody got to go home. <laughs> yep, yep. And I'm also looking forward to seeing what Tommy Trimble's his, his development. I mean, I think the writers on the wall for him too. Like that tight end group, you know, we really need a step out star. And if, you know, we didn't let him go after last year, what are you bringing to the table, you know, to make us, you know, that viable tight end spot as well? And I think that, you know, it's it, I, I like, you know, with some of the systems that Brown has come from, you know, with L.A. running multiple tight ends at a time. Mm-hmm. I think that the way I mean, they've had Ricci running at, at, at tight end. So I think that Reich has, you know, you've never had tight ends to really speak of when it comes to the Colts. I mean, the only one that comes to mind would have been Dallas Clark. And that, you know, around that time frame past that. I mean, Mo Alley Cox, you know, he put up some good numbers. But I think that tight ends will definitely be a big factor here for our team when you need a safety valve you have your, you know, your star players and you have like your, there's a difference, you know, Miles is going to be more of like a, you know, Miles and probably LaVisca too are going to be more just like, like, you know, bailouts. Whereas you're going to have guys like Hayden Hurst being your safety valve. But I think, you know, something that we talk about, especially on the offensive side of the ball, like defense is one thing, but I mean, the injuries are, are, are something we've all been kind of trying to avoid, but you know, DJ Chark coming off of an injury, Hayden Hurst coming off of an injury, you know, these different guys that are on this team that are coming off of injuries. And I think that's a bit, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they run training camp, how hard they run them. Um, you know, and, and that like that, that Jets practice is either going to be very chirpy and very chippy, or it's going to be boring. It's, it's right. It's, like yeah. there's no middle ground on it. I think you're going to see a lot of players though. Honestly, I mean, I'm glad you said that. Jack. I, I was having this conversation, a barbershop conversation, actually. And it seems that, you know, you got to go hard in training camp, but I think you're going to see a lot of more players just trying to stay healthy. Like, you know, a lot of people have taken season-ending injuries either early in the season or right in training camp. And every year it is like the bigger names. And so I think what you're going to find, I mean, and I know we talk about this tongue-in-cheek, but I think coaches are really looking at that saying, look, I'm not going to jeopardize my season, my team, so early on in a training camp or a preseason now. You know, we're going to balance it out more often and, and really try to dial it back some and and really try to make it much more about the longevity of the player. And I think we got to get back. I think you're going to see a lot more of that, and I think a lot of a lot of organizations are looking at that in a different way. Yeah, I mean, they've, been, they've not been rushing guys, you know, back. You know, they're not rushing Burns in. They're not rushing guys in on the defense to come back around. And I think obviously for, for good reason, but I am interested just to see like how they will then continue to go on and, and develop throughout it all. And then that, you know, that joint practice is always interesting. So what are your thoughts on the joint practices? Cause like you said, talking about going on hard knocks, you know, we're going to beat you imagine have an episode or so, and then it'll go straight from our joint practice to that preseason game, you know, right after. So that's going to be an interesting, like interesting short time period for that game and for that just practice. The joint practices, I always feel weird about those because I because I always wonder like how much how much better do you get as a team when you're joint practicing because it's just pure competition. 
Like practice, regular, you know, regular training camp practice. All we're trying to sharpen up our skills and all that is that the third. But I imagine joint practices, man. When you're going up against a, a, a different group that's not your group, how much is this? Is just you improving, or is it just more more so you you just trying to win? Like how much development do how much development do we actually see from those? And who's willing to step up? I, I start looking at the young my younger guys. I'm saying like, okay, if you're trying to make a name for yourself on this roster, you want to you want to try to keep a spot on this roster. Who have you? Are gonna elevate your game when we see other competition. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and I always wonder, like, like you said, Jack, how do you want to treat your veterans during this time period? Because you know, guys like a DJ Chart, guys like Hayden Hurts who have an injury history. Okay, well, do you look to your younger guys and say, all right, y'all go. These guys are already good. They are gonna be on the roster. Like, all right, we need to see what you can do against a Sauce Gardner. What you can do against a or against a, a, a DJ Reed, you know what I'm saying? How do you guys how do you guys practice when there is not a sense of familiarity with the guys that we practice against every day? So yeah, and so I, think, I, I, think, I, I think I think these joint practices before before I got to get out of here, I apologize, but I would say I would say the real the real the real thing I would say around these joint practices and because it's so late, this is going to be how they figure out the cuts because you're playing against competitive nature right so now you get to see these guys real action real live real time how do they benefit your team in a competitive in a competitive atmosphere yeah i think though that i that when it comes to training camp especially with a new co i think it's for me it's gonna be almost more of the new coaching staff i want to see how this coaching staff attacks a a training camp you know we've seen how hands-on they all are when it comes mm -hmm. to uh, you know, OTAs, minicamp, we've seen how they handle that stuff. So I'm interested to see how they handle a, a minicamp, these different guys coming around and how much impact they have. And I think really for me, you know, Bryce has shown a lot of fluidity. I mean, and the one thing I don't want to see, and I'm going to tell you all this right now, I swear, because you know, I, this week has shown that no matter what, y'all will find something to talk about and find something to blow up. There are going to be passes batted down, all right? They're going to be missed throws. It is training camp. It happens. Please, just touch grass. Oh, yeah, but, but please. Uh, man. <laughs> it's going to be funny, man. I, I'm not I'm not even worried about all the all the hoopla that's going to be made on social media. I, I mean, a lot of it is just trolling anyway at this point. I, I You know, and the other part of it is going to be Bears fans. They're, they're going to be watching every single clip that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I will say this as well because like we have had our our whatever reasons the discussions with bears fans there is no rivalry with bears fans there's none there's no reason for a rivalry we have exchanged like some of our best players y'all gave us olsen sorry you didn't get that y'all got a bunch of years out of peppers from us you're welcome take it as it is they just want the best draft pick possible which is annoying because they still have a high draft pick as it is, but they want the best. What I have found with Bears fans, and it's very similar to Panthers fans, is they can. it's never enough. Whatever they have is not enough. You can't enough. just be happy with what they have. Like, like you feel like you finally got the number one receiver, but yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, at this point, I'm like, you know, I just, I, I just think it's crazy. Like, I'm like, all right. If you have everything figured out like, as far as franchise QB, franchise receiver, how the hell did you end up with a number one pick overall? You know I mean, what I'm saying? What I'm like, if you're so good, <laughs> there's a reason why. Like, you and, and like, not even, and I'll give it to the point where like, 
they crapped the bed and so, or the 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 Texans crapped the bed and so then they were gifted that number one. But that means you were still in the running for two. You should have never been there. No. <laughs> you should have never been there. You know what happened when we got our number one quarterback overall? When we weren't sniffing that we weren't sniffing a number one pick ever since. No. <laughs> I guess we had to trade we had to trade to it. Now we might have been sitting uh, in the eight and nine and ten for the last five years, but that we may have up to that. And we were just as surprised as you were when we drafted JC Horn. Now, because we drafted JC Horn, does that make Justin Fields any worse of a player? No. no. Does it make JC Horn any worse of a player, no matter how good Justin Fields does? No. The only if difference between JC Horn, if we had picked some uh, Patrick Sertain, that's the only that's, comparison that's that makes sense. That's it. And I was probably surprised that Patrick Sertan was in the first corner off the board in comparison to JC. Because I thought, at least throughout the process, I thought Sertan had gotten the nod in almost every category over over JC. So that was probably the biggest surprise in my book in terms of in terms of that position. And it would be one thing if it was just the picks and that was it, and you got DJ Cool. You got a backup quarterback now. We didn't pay. We didn't pay our guy. So you got a backup quarterback who's shown to actually be able to win ball games and could actually be a beneficial backup quarterback for y'all. Not Andy Dalton. Like, and again, we got Andy Dalton cool, and he worked out for us. Now you have PJ, who again is older, wiser, and can actually make an impact. And cool, you got a running back office too. This is like this is like when this is like if. Us and the Bills started beefing because saying. there's so many players that tra- like, like no, like, it's it's fine, like whatever. Like, we, we don't even really cross paths with y'all that much anyway. I mean, maybe in the regular season every every so often, but all right, fine. Generally, I'm like, bro, the Chicago Bears have been. I, you talk about the Lions being bad, but the Chicago Bears haven't been that much better in terms of the, of the past decade. Like, all right, when's the last time we thought Chicago was really gonna make a run for a Super Bowl? Oh, when Jay Cutler was there. Like, feel like, like that's, that's, that's not, even, that's not, even, not even Rex Grossman. <laughs> not even. I'm about to say Rex Grossman. I'm like, I'm like, bro, like you haven't had a four thousand yard passer in your team's history. What since? What have they ever had a four thousand yard passer in their team history? They may have one. Like, fam, you like we got we got to go back to the '60s from the last time I could see like the Bears being like a consistent contender. I mean, there's a reason why the only thing that's memorable about their Super Bowl run was the best defense probably ever put together. Right. And I, I don't have no hate for y'all. I, I'm a fan of Justin Fields. I love DJ Moore, bro. I'm not I, from afar. I'm hoping for their success until we play y'all. And so, and, and so maybe they're just doing this to drive up ticket sales for that game. They want us to all come to Chicago. Like, I can understand if this beef started like when Rivera decided to be our head coach, you know, left the organization to be our head coach. I could have seen the bitterness there. Like, okay, you know, he should have been y'all's head coach because y'all were scrambling for a head coach for the longest time. I could understand that, but there's just no reason for this. Like, it's going to be what it's going to be. Like, and and then, like, some of the stuff, like, you know, we have no, they have no rivalry, so we're trying to start up our own. Like, like, what? Fam, if I was trying to start a rivalry, it wouldn't be with the Bears. No. Uh, like we've had, I, 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 like unlike y'all, we've actually had relevant robberies in the past decade. Outside of like, our division, yeah. I, like, we, yo, like we actually we play games that matter, fam. Y'all would get a prime time game because oh, it's the Bears, historic, all of that, fam. A lot of your best history comes pre Jim Crow, so I don't know if I necessarily care. <laughs> like, so <laughs> like, we gotta like, fam, we gotta start calling the spade a spade, bro. 
I don't know if I necessarily care what you did in 1948. No, it's like the, it's like the Wilt Chamberlain argument. He's playing with mailmen, like it. It, and the crazy part is, I think of like those, the, like the original six, and I think of like the quarterbacks that have come from those organizations. You think of you know the Steelers, the Packers, the 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 49ers. Like think of their history. I can't think of a legendary Bears quarterback. No. Oh, they have none. Would you with Jim McMahon? I guess that's like the closest thing they got. Now some that's, of the best, some of the best running backs. Yeah, like Gale says, Walter Payton. Like, like that's awesome. I just so there's no reason for this. So just and like I could even understand if it was like the Texans aren't even chirping us anymore. The Texans have stopped chirping at us. That lasted, that lasted for like a week. It like, <laughs> <laughs> lasted for a week. They got their quarterback, right? Everything's cool. If everybody's got everything they needed, bro, I, I see no real reason for beef. Now, I will say I am intrigued by the matchup, but I'm not even intrigued by the matchup because of the robbery. I'm intrigued by the matchup oh, just no. because of like the timing, like, like the time of the year. Uh, wait, I think I think that's the I think that's the Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken. It is the Thursday night game. No, right? No, is it the Monday night or? I think Saints are Monday night. That's a Monday night game. I, I thought we said that Bryce had to play on the road and then play a short week too. Which would make it yeah. seem like that would have been the Thursday night game. I, and I think, and, that, and, that, and that's the game. I think that 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 uh, that's the that's the short week uh, against the Bears. They really screwed him over by that. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bears game is a Thursday night game on Prime oh, Video. Oh, okay. So then, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a Thursday night game. It's in Chicago. Like it's the same, and it's what week eight, nine. Yeah, somewhere around there. I know it's gonna be in November, so you know, so you know, the weather's gonna be kind of eh. The weather could be iffy there as far as like wind and all that. Like, so I was just intrigued by that matchup just because on the road, midweek, bad possible bad weather. That's the type of game that I'm like, you go out and win that one. Those are the I types mean, of yeah, games you get, you know. You know, those are the games you gotta get. That's a tough place to play in. It's a it's equivalent to like, you know, a uh and that could be like a make or break game for Bryce. But every time we talk about this matchup and every time people ask me about it, I say the same thing. I say the same thing, and I say it for other teams. Let me preface this as well. It it applies to about 35% of the schedule we have. The Bears at this point in, t- in time could be 7 and 3. They could be 2 and 8. They could be like they could be 500, they could be undefeated. I have when it comes to the no Bears, cool. I have no idea. And I can say the same thing for Seattle, for Dallas, for like a lot of the teams in the, the NFL, especially the NFC right now. Yeah, the NFC is in such a weird place. There is no bona fide number one. Well, I guess the only bona fide number one would be Philly. Would would be Philly and San Fran would be the only top. Would be the top two. Those are the only two that return enough players and have enough of an infrastructure for me that I trust that I think they'll get back. But Philly lost their coaching staff. Yeah. So they got to figure out how to replace that. San Francisco. We don't know what their quarterback situation looks like, and even if the guys that that are healthy are there we don't necessarily know if they can play to that level again for back-to-back seasons. So there is no bona fide number one. Currently, I'm saying the, the, the most dangerous team in the NFC may be Seattle because the guys they return and the guys that they've added, guys adding, adding Devin Weatherspoon and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba in the same draft is insane to me. 
how we let them get away with that, I don't know. But nonetheless, I'll say the, I'll say the same thing about the Lions. If that draft class does not become a bust, if they weren't reaching for that with Gibbs and they got um Jack Campbell, thank. If if that's not a bust of a class, that is scary because they just fortified two of their positions of need. You know, you cut out Swift and you cut out Jamal Williams. Their linebacking yep. core was you know left a lot to be desired. Right. Defensive backs are iffy, but if that if they continue on that upskirt, you know they've got the best coaching staff right now, one of the best head coaches in the NFC. So yeah, I mean, I, like, but the Bears are also up there. Like, I I would be scared of the Bears. Like, they got, you know, they like, didn't get worse. Guys like Jay, guys like Chase Claypool are going to be like DJ Moore. I, I'm I know what I what I expect out of DJ Moore. I don't. I, he's he's to that point in his career now where I expect a thousand yards. I want to see more production and touchdowns for him because I mean that's that's the only one you can ever move out of that top fifteen and top twenty, yeah. and you move into the top ten if you can score more than four touchdowns a season. Um, but can Chase Claypool elevate? Because last year he, I mean, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was traded mid last year around 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 that time. But he's going to have to be the guy that steps up for them because if he is anything with with the draft and, and mind you, you traded for him. You didn't just sign him. You traded for him. So you, so if you wasted capital on yet another receiver, it's gonna be you're in for a, you're in for a rough awakening. So I think that's just what intrigued. And so I like that if the Jets is the t- team that we're playing in this and this you know joint practice. They've got young, scrappy guys. They've got mm-hmm. talkers, and they've got guys that we're gonna be seeing similar from in these teams we're playing. Fast, speedy receivers, mul- two or three you know multi down backs that we're gonna want to kind of plug up. We won't. You know, we'll see Rodgers a little bit, and it'll be cool to see Rodgers. That'll be good, you know, a better quarterback to play up against. Their defense is stout as well as far as, you know, it goes. So I'm excited for our guys to see a team like that because it likens to, you know, it likens to like the Dolphins or it likens to like the Seahawks where you're going to see these same type of offenses and these same type of defenses scattered throughout. So I think that bodes well. And I think that's where Bryce Young should play a lot. You know, don't put him in preseason, but put him in these joint practices. You know, don't let him get hurt, obviously. Be smart about it. But I think that that will will bode better. But um, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, so we're going to be – I know I'm going to be in Spartanburg. So if you see me, come say hi. I'd love to say – you know, love to meet anyone, any of y'all who are listening. And then we've got some stuff in the works. We don't want to say anything right now, but – if you didn't read into that Instagram post a whole lot, you might want to go back and look a little bit more because uh, we've got we've got some stuff coming in the works, and so oh, we want, we want to do some stuff for y'all too. Oh, absolutely, man! I, I look first of all, we appreciate everything you guys have done for us as far as support. Uh, continuously, you know, listening to the podcast, liking our posts, and with that, we're gonna try to improve our game as well, and that's what this is all about. So just a second, like Jack said, just stay tuned. We got a lot of things coming. It's gonna be more to come. The more y'all support, the more things we'll have to come for sure. But until then, gotta keep pounding.